On today's Believe in Chicago Sports podcast, we talk Illini and their heartbreaking loss to the Loyola Ramblers. We also talk Bears because it's Dalton Mania. Get your number 14 jerseys on right now. All that and more coming up on episode 48 now. Welcome in to the Believe in Chicago Sports Podcast with your host, myself, Dan Collins. You can find on Twitter at TweetDanCollins. And my fine, lovely co-host across from me on the Skype, Joey Gelman. You can find on Twitter at Joey Gelman. Um, Joey, it's been a little while, but glad to be back. Happy to see you again via Skype. Um, although you're a half vaccinated man, so sooner, soon enough, I'll be able to, uh, might be able to do this show in person down the road. I still got to get to that point myself, but um, we'll start it off. I'm trying to be as optimistic as as I can here, Joey, because it's been quite a long time since we did a show, so it's excellent to jump behind the podcast microphone here. But can't help but to be a little somber at the fact of we thought we were going to be discussing, at least we were hopeful that we would be discussing an Illini basketball Sweet 16 appearance game coming up. Instead, that wasn't the case. And a little something I need to confess to the listeners here is, Joey, I told you myself, what was it, about a week ago or so, maybe a little longer, I was texting you about this, and we were looking a little bit of ahead, forecasting the Illini pre-NCAA tournament, and I said, you know, it's looking like in that second round, Many people were speculating it. We might get that awesome Champagne loyola chicago matchup. And we got it. And it was probably as great as it could have been for the other side if, you were, if you're a Loyola Rambler or a Loyola Sister Jean fan. Um, and for us on the Illinois side, didn't squeak it out. And it was pretty uncomfortable uh, from, the, from the moment the, the ref said go and tossed the ball up in the air. We'll talk about it a little now. Um disappointing to say the least and you know we, we could break it all down heck you know we could talk about this however we like but like i said i'll just start out with disappointment and i think that's what all of Illini nation felt that way but the confession let me circle back really quick is i thought that if there was any team if the Atlanta had to go down in any way shape or form in this tournament the only team i would somewhat at least i thought <laughs> be okay with them losing to was Loyola only because the amount of respect, you know, the city has gained for them as a basketball program that these past few years, unfortunately not last year because there was no tournament, but I thought that would maybe potentially ease the pain a little bit if they did go down, but it didn't. And then you had the goofy fans in the stands or whatever goofy dances they were doing. And sister Jean was talked about probably way more times than even how old she was. She's like 101. She was talked about maybe like 110 times on the broadcast. So I thought it would ease the pain a little bit. I even told you that going into the tournament it's not what happened, and the hearts are still crying. We are still crying, and, you know, it's it's funny. Every day. Every damn day. You know, it's funny. We ended the last show we had, which you know, was a couple of weeks ago, on the, you know, beauty of NBA Top Shot and all the millions we were going to make right. on NFTs and all that, right. and half the title of the last show was, Who Can Stop the Illini? So, uh-huh. the last couple of weeks... Uh, 
I guess the storylines kind of changed because now we're stuck with an Illinois loss in the round of 32 and Andy Dalton. So nothing really worked in our favor over the last couple of weeks. <laughs> and uh, unless you haven't told me anything, we haven't bought any Top Shot cards. Exactly. So we're still oh, not millionaires. God. We're losers. This <laughs> Uh, but no, this this, this I, I I would agree with you. I mean, listen, I I don't want Illinois to lose ever. I had them going all the way in my brackets, but if they were to lose, Loyola is a fun story. You just wish it was in the Elite Eight or somewhere long further down the road. And for this to happen, the round of thirty two, where Illinois was just kind of stifled from the word go, like you said. I mean, Loyola's defense just cut their transition game incredibly to where they couldn't do anything. And listen, you can sit here and bitch and moan about coaching adjustments and different things and that, but, you know, Loyola just outplayed them, out-schemed them, I knew exactly what to do to cut them off, and the Illinois could not recover. And, listen, I know you got to get up for the game no matter when and where it is, but there's also a part of me and a frustrated part of me that goes, this was the game Illinois was supposed to get out of their system last year in the tournament and make a long run this year. And without having that experience last year, this thing caught them by surprise immediately, and they didn't know how to recover on the big stage. And that's my one frustrating takeaway from it. But they they met a, a you, you know you got to beat the best teams to advance, and and they went against a team that people sometimes forget about and how good Loyola is because of the conference they play in, and and it, it was really eye opening to see what they did, and it's it sucks. This team is supposed to be a Final Four team, and they're not, and they won't be with this group again. But it doesn't take away, and I, I've had a couple of days to think about it, it doesn't take away from how unbelievably special this season and team really was and how they were able to put Illinois back on, on the map. I mean, you and I went to Illinois during possibly the worst stretch of basketball in the history of time. So Maybe the worst stretch of Illinois athletics. Right. So, so the <laughs> fact that we were able to have this moment of they're there, they're back, they're a name now, it hopefully propels them forward to where other kids like Aya want to come home, excuse me, want to stay home right, and, yeah. and lead the team and be that face. So it was an awesome year, a really crappy ending, but um, I don't really know what else to say about it because it just, you feel cheated, but you got to deal with it. Yeah, and I'm with you on if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best, and you also have to be well prepared to defeat those who you're better than, <laughs> right? And unfortunately, they just weren't. I mean, like you said, you used the word stifled, and they were. I mean, it was it was an uncomfortable situation for the majority, if not all, of the game. Um, and one thing that does stick out, you mentioned the word adjustments, is you lose the first half by almost 10 points. I'll, here, I can pull up the exact box score. But you also don't make enough adjustments to win the second half. So not only did you know you get close to a blowout there, losing by 10-plus at final score 71-58. Let me do the math, 13 points, whatever, 10-plus. But you don't even go out and adjust to the point where you win the second half and maybe lose by a slimmer margin. And I do agree with you, and it does suck, and it's just the way times are right now. You know, say la vie, say the old folks. Alana didn't get to play and get that experience last year, you know, in, in the tournament. But Brad Underwood ha has a little coaching experience in the tournament. Not not much. You know, it was about a handful of games in the tourney before going to Illinois. But and I don't want to put a lot of this on him. And like you said, like the strategic side of it necessarily. But you do for sure have to be better, right? And I'm not trying to make this a big let's criticize Brad Underwood show. Definitely not. No, I, I'm not. But 
yes, like you still can't say that they shouldn't have been better as a team game plan wise going in adjustment wise throughout, especially after half. And it's just unfortunately, I feel that this is what happens right in these amateur s you know basketball tournaments, any type of sporting tournament for that matter, where it's one and done. It gets a little chaotic, right? It gets a little crazy. And if you're not prepared that day or prepared enough and the other team that's there for a reason and is building up a pretty good respectable program the past you know almost five plus years now, if they come in with an awesome game plan, and especially if it's defensively where they are just getting you so out of rhythm, then things like that can happen, right? <laughs> you could lose by 10, 13, you know, 15 points if you're, if you're not prepared. And the thing is, you should have been, <laughs> I guess, and you should have been able to adjust and you have the better players. If you play that game maybe 10 times, you know, Brad Underwood has, you know, a second time, third time, fourth time, fifth time, sixth time to adjust, you like to think the Illini win 7 out of 10, maybe 8 out of 10. But this isn't like a regular season style event. This is a one and done. So I, I don't want to sound bitter, but, you know, Illinois is the better team. You know they have the better players. Like I said, you know if they play that game 10 times, the Illini, I, I put any amount of money on it, win more than five. You know, they win the majority of those games. But, I mean, lesson learned. Hopefully it's a lesson learned on the coaching side too, right? So maybe bring it all full circle with your comments there, Joey, is if you're looking on the bright side, coaching staff learns, players that are in the Chicagoland area who are sophomores, juniors, seniors in high school – freshmen in high school, you name it, the ballers, hopefully they stay home or, like you said, return home to Champaign or however <laughs> you want to word it. So hopefully the, those that that's what comes of it. Um, I think it would have been a lot easier to get that if they went a little farther, but that's not where we are. And you still celebrate it. You know, you, you always get those, like Loyola, when they made it all the way to the Final Four and got bounced. Like, you still celebrated that if you're a Loyola fan, you know, for those who rally behind them in the city because, no, it's not a national title, but you want to talk about – that year, a couple years ago, just completely exceeding expectations. We're not necessarily there for Illinois. I don't think you're going to applaud them, you know, coming back because you know, you're going to applaud them on a good year. It was fun, but like it's been a lot different than years prior. And you have to go back all the way, you know, 15, 16 years before you even had any little fuss in the tournament um, and made a name for yourself and, you know, were number one seed. But yeah, unfortunately, like you said, it, uh, a little sour. And these things can happen. I mean, it happens to a lot of good teams year after year in the tournament. And this tournament this year has been absolutely wild in the Big Ten for being the power conference that it was this year. Not necessarily showing that. But I don't know. I mean, that's my thoughts. I can write my thesis, yeah. <laughs> I guess, all day on it. But it's just uh, – it feels good to get it out. You know, That's good. Like, get off the chest. Feels, yeah, let me, let me lay down on the couch here and make myself comfortable. But that's where it's at. And, you know – if there is – there's a lot of recurring themes on this show, Joey, but if there's anyone that's so major, how come – I want to go back and look. How many positive <laughs> um, podcasts have we had back-to-back? Because more to your point again, I feel like it's like, oh, shit, Bears sucked. Or, oh, maybe they are turning it around. No, they're not. Like there's all this negativity, and then we thought the Illini were going to be the ones who can at least make a really good run and make things great. But no, like not even that happened. Like when is it going to end? When can we get a string of optimistic shows here? Should we just turn it back to the to the top shot cards, become millionaires, and then we can have positive shows on that? Absolutely. I think you have to. But it, it's, it's a sad state of kind of where we are in some of our sports. It's like 
you can't have everything great. So we almost got to go like NBA top shot, Patrick Kane's 400th, and then just only talk about the White Sox. And it'll be fine. That'll be absolutely fine. If Eloy could stop doing crazy shit on the outfield during yeah, spring training, like let let's stop there. Um, then yeah, I mean, ho- hopefully we we finally get to that point. You know, baseball right around the corner. Um, I mean, White Sox. Hopefully, hopefully we played one sixty two this year, and then we get into postseason. And yeah. but see that, is. but see that's exactly the point. Going back to Illinois, it's like this season was special and historic, and will mm-hmm. now sadly be forgotten by many because of their tournament their early exit in the tournament same goes for something like the white Sox, right like they're supposed to be great but if they don't make a long playoff run it's a forgotten thing like does anyone really remember the those 2001 mariners that won all those games i'm I'm not saying i'm not i'm not putting the ether i'm not saying that's what happens to the white i'm I'm saying though it's it's interesting how we judge the teams because we want to talk about all these historic achievements yet yeah. they get forgotten now in our sports brain in 2021 because we judge yeah. everything on postseason performance now like like dan marino wouldn't be i mean he's a hall of famer no matter what but if you ask right. let's say someone today and dan marino played from 2010 to 2022 he never won a super bowl so how could he possibly yeah. be a hall of famer and it's like it's just we, we judge it differently now so like that's yeah. what frustrates me about illinois is like, this is a great year. Might be forgotten. You may never have a generational talent again like Io, and that's what sucks. But what they did all year was, was I don't know, one of the best years ever for them. I mean, they'll get a little banner. It'll be something. But it's just, yeah. sadly, the tournament defines you, and, and <laughs> it, it didn't define them well, unfortunately, this year. Joey's out here screaming, Big Ten tourney champs, damn it. Big you know what's Ten, funny? Raise that banner. I did this to myself. I never buy T-shirts before the end of anything because <laughs> because I I wait till they like with the Cubs right. I didn't buy any gear until they won the World Series. Then I backtracked. Then I got I'm the, the pennant. I'm the same. This 100%. year, for some reason, I was so stoked from Illinois' Big Ten win. I ordered the shirt. Okay, Ugh. and then they lose, which is fine. They, they're still Big Ten champs. I am okay with that. It arrives on National Championship Monday just to dig the knife deeper into my back. <laughs> oh, man. You know, I, it, you know what's really funny about that is I'm the same exact way. And I'll also backtrack. Like when the White Sox won the World Series in 05, that's when I bought the pennant shirt. And that's, you, you're absolutely correct. Um, trying to but did I jinx what them? What did I do? Did I jinx Illinois by doing that? Why is that a rhetorical question? Of course, like yes, <laughs> that's exactly what we're talking about now. Um, I remember when the Bears went to the Super Bowl. I held off on everything because I wanted to wait to see if they won it, which they didn't. Um, so yeah, I think same thing with Illinois in 05. And but you know, I think that's fine because more to your point, and it is, it is a Big Ten turning champ one, right? Okay, so it's still worth commemorating. Like you said, you, as you just said, that's their only damn accomplishment. Now <laughs> well, you also want to remember the season in and of itself in a positive way. And let's be real. That's, that's really the only big positive there is about it. I mean, like you said, with all the sports, it don't mean a thing. If you ain't got that ring or, you know, if you're in Cali, if you're not raising these banners and, you know, granted you have one in the big 10 tournament, but you know, okay. But no, I, I hear you. And I almost said the same thing. I almost said, you know what? 
why not go against what weird guys like us do with shit like that and waiting all the way to the end, but whatever. Because I told myself the same thing. I was like, this is this is a special and fun team anyways. Like, you, they don't have to win the championship for me to like consider like a, a Big Ten championship, turning championship shirt a, a, a bad purchase. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so, I mean, I, I'm with you on that, but I, it, it's almost like a cruel logistical like purpose that they're doing that. I wonder if they're doing that with like all like conference journey champs. Yeah, and, it's or, mean. Yeah, it, it's it's. Uh, I think it's logistically done on purpose. Oh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to think any other way about <laughs> I that. I think somewhere in a box in my parents' house, there's like a, like a box of like because I'm. I mean, I will call myself a hoarder, but I keep too many things in the house. Same. But there's a box that has like souvenir shirts, like things I don't wear but are like collectible. That's going to be our next show, by the way. <laughs> okay, our good. next show, we're going to talk about the the sports hoarder shit that we just need to get rid of. But yep. don't. Uh, glad I glad I moved back home. Plenty of, plenty of fights, not bad ones, but like with the girlfriend on. How the hell is this still in your closet? You don't wear it. I pr- okay, I have good. at least five plus articles. That are okay, like that. good. Yeah, I got. Well, good thing I moved home then. Then I can go ra- raid my old closet. But there's somewhere in there is a pregame purchased. Colts Bears Super Bowl shirt that I bought before the game when I was like that's cool twelve but I'm like I'm never gonna wear that they got they that was heartbreaking you know what else too is and I don't think I'll ever even do this winner winner loses I'm very careful with buying the game shirts right like I would much rather buy and wear proudly like like a Bears NFC Championship shirt. Don't you have that normally? Don't you wear that or a hat? Oh, actually, I um, as as a gift because, like we just mentioned, we don't buy this stuff until they win it all. Uh, no, actually, no, no, that's just a regular beer hat. It's just a regular beer hat. The only other hats I actually have are let me try to go in chronological order: the Chicago Bulls, like when they won the second three peat. So they had like the ninety to 90, 91 to ninety three, the ninety four to ninety six um, on this one, uh, or ninety six to ninety eight. I'm sorry. So I had the Bulls six uh, six championship hats, so the one they won in ninety eight. Um, I had all three Stanley Cup hats, and now I only have two. The one from the first one in twenty ten um, is don't know where it is, and then I actually always wear. Look, at, it's right here. It's it's a podcast, but I'll paint the picture. I'll just cross over my right shoulder. The White Sox World Series hat. Yes, indeed. Um, Maybe that's the one I always see because it's kind of oh five. It's oh five. The Bears were oh five oh six. That's what I. Yeah, this is probably the one you're always you're looking at. So I'm I'm a big championship hat guy. I I always buy like at least two. It's like you know Air Force Ones and Nikes and Jordans. You have to buy at least two pairs Uh, because when I don't, I do have. Um, a championship hat. I'm telling you, we're gonna have a show on this. I do have a championship hat still, like never been worn, like in, in storage for that reason, because it's just gonna be a championship hat I never wear. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm super happy we got on that tangent because it did give me a show idea uh, for next week. We're definitely gonna have to come to the come to the fan base and uh, put that. Even Chicago we'll... Sports Hoarder Edition. <laughs> Pretty much, uh, but you know what? To make a nice little fine transition into this, I'll tell you about one thing you don't want to to purchase because you'll regret it is probably that number 14 Andy <laughs> Dalton Bears jersey. Man, I'm just going to say this. No, you know what? I was going to say I wasn't surprised the least bit, and I guess I wasn't, but I am. You know what I'm most surprised about out of all that crap is, and this has actually been one thing that's 
been mentioned, you know, in local media is it really does make you wonder how much job security the Pace Negi or even just Ryan Pace, how, like how much job security he actually has. Because you would have thought he totally put his job on the line when he drafted Trubisky, drafted up to trade Trubisky. We've talked about this many times. And then somehow maybe it had to do with dollars and cents and the pandemic or however you, you we, we don't know because it was a shit show of a press conference at the end. We, were, we weren't able to really figure out the real reason why they kept both Pace and Negi, but they kept Pace knowing, you hear the quote all the time, that they didn't get the quarterback right. And he's the one who's picked the last quite few, starting all the way with Glennon to Drabisky, you name it. But yet you let him pick another one. And he probably will – I can see him drafting Jones. I can. But before we even get to draft night, the big move, the big acquisition is Andy Dalton. And it's like – I'm literally scratching my head here. It's how much confidence do you do you have in, in, in your job security as a – now you're pinning part of your legacy here with the Bears, if you will – to Andy Dalton, and it's funny because even when they made that move, I was like, oh, well, great, they got a backup quarterback because Mitch is heading out of town, uh, Bill's Mafia, you go for it, buddy, and I was like, Foles is probably going to be the starter then because he's probably better than Dalton. I'm, we'll see, <laughs> but, I, but you know, Beer Social Media, we're going to date the show about a couple hours ago, Posted just Andy Dalton, picture of Andy Dalton, and QB1. That's it. QB1, period. I think they put a period at the end of it, too. And it was funny. We were talking before the show about it. Part of what I was saying is there are more negative reactions in terms of, like, laughing faces, which I'm going to count as negative. You know, the laughing react, the sad face teardrop react, the ticked off red face react, and there's way more of those negative reactions. Probably not way more, but just from doing a rough count here, I think they definitely outnumber what you would consider a positive reaction. So it just makes you think, like, what's going on? And then even before that, they had, what was it, a couple days ago where the band's back together, and it's like the special teams unit. And it's like, what is going on here? And <laughs> to their credit, the Bears – just like what they're giving the fan base, they're giving the social media team, which is not much to work with here in terms of hope or in terms of content. But is this really it? Like, that's what you keep asking yourself. Like, it never surprises you, but you still ask yourself, fuck, is this really it? <laughs> like, come on. But it is. So cheers to Andy Dalton. Welcome. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, they're a very insular organization. And to your point, I don't know if they realize the PR nightmare that has come out of signing Andy Dalton. Like, I really don't think they do. And I think they tried to spin it. Well, well we tried for Russell Wilson, but he, they wouldn't budge, so we went with Andy Dalton. Read the room. I'm right. Read the room. But they can't. They had to salvage whatever they had left to sign this guy because they knew Nick Foles can't save their jobs. They're hoping this guy maybe can. But that's just the epitome of what's going on, is you have two guys trying to save their job in the last year of their contract, no matter what it costs, cost the team. Oh, and last year, the oh, maybe, yeah. <laughs> but like, we, you you just sit here, and I I mean, listen, we've been Bears fans for a while. Our families are Bears, you know, whatever it's been. I have never seen, and granted, I wasn't around in the seventies to see the poor teams before they hit the eighties. But I've never seen this much apathy towards a Bears organization in my history of being a fan. Like, I, like, there was a caller on our radio station the other day, 
And it, and it related, and I don't mean to go there, but it related to guard packs. And they said, we are getting to that point where you're afraid that Ryan Pace has no ability to find any functional talent at the quarterback position and thus also has, excuse me, and also has no consequence for his decisions because clearly they let him redo this thing after failing on Trubisky to where you go, is this guy going to run this team for 20 years? Like Ted Phillips is there for 20 years and you're just kind of sitting here like this is what you're going to get? And it just leaves a real sour taste in your mouth because it's kind of trending that way. Like if, if you're really believing this team is going to be better with Andy Dalton and you have no consequence because you're doing that, what I mean, he, I, I truly... Sorry, I'm like going on tangent because I'm trying to wrap my head around what the hell is going on. But it's really oh, keep it going, keep it, it going. It, it, it like I, I, I saw that they, you know, they got rid of Kyle Fuller, and they signed Andy Dalton, Galladay, <laughs> and missed out on Galladay. <laughs> and you sit here and you go, with all that going on, with the with the with the noise around Akeem Hicks, the noise around the release of Kyle Fuller, the signing of a of Andy Dalton that really ticked off your fan base. Are these guys being allowed? an entire new opportunity at a rebuild. Is that what this is turning into? And I can't tell. That's quite, yeah. Because exactly. they're, they're selling it as it, no, we are competing this year as a playoff team. But the moves they made, I go, are these guys getting another shot? Like, the first time, well, John Fox was here, so Ryan Pace couldn't do what he wanted to do. But now that him and Nagy are in the room and they're collaborating, they're going to turn this team into a juggernaut. And it's like, For all we know, they have five-year extensions. They could. It, it's like it's like when three, they yeah. it's like when they re-signed Pace, and everyone tried to figure out well, why is Ted Phillips speaking, and they're like, wait, are they re-signing him? Are they giving him another shot? And it was like, yes, they did. And now you see well, it again and go, are they doing it again? Like, what happens hate, if they're eight and eight again? Well, I hate to say it exactly. So that, I hate to say this, but that's what I was going to come to is we might have to wait three hundred three hundred sixty five days to find out. Well, it'll be less than that, but. Might take till January to find out the answer to that. Let's be real, Joey. I don't care who they draft on draft night. You, you don't have enough capital to give up to trade all the way up and get Lawrence, right? So whoever you get, whether you do try to draft like a, like a Mac Jones or something in the first round or you know maybe trade up a little bit, you're not going to get anybody that's good enough to get this team past, let's even say, hell, you try, you fight your way to the playoffs again somehow and maybe a first-round game. Like You're, you're not going to get too much farther than you did last year. It might even be worse, right? So let's start there. So that brings us to another end-of-the-season press conference where, or maybe not press conference, but decision-making time, and that's when we find out. We find out if they're still here or not. And I think whether, like, how long they're either extended or fired is going to be found out that day. Unless this team is, like, abysmal, they start out, like, 0-6, you know, 1-9 or something, and, like, they just then decide, hey, we really, really need to tear it up. Fans are back in the stands. They're pissed off. Like, you know, maybe then. But if you get another mediocre-ish year where it's 7-9, 8-8, just make the playoffs, just miss the playoffs, then you'll see, right? And and then maybe we finally get some answers. Maybe we finally get where, hey, these guys are still around for how much longer? Or, yeah, they're finally out, at least one or two of them. But it's obviously going to take probably into the end of next season unless this season is just awful and they somehow fire one of the two, most likely Pace, midway, which – 
I don't know. I mean, maybe yeah. having fans back in the stands will can <laughs> can expedite that. But no, you're not wrong. I mean, I mean, it's like they're 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 just getting to a very very scary point of being very out of touch with their with the city. And with, They're about to get back in touch with those fans back in the states. Well, quickly, yeah, and, and with the league, frankly, at the level of play. But I, I think you're right. Like, I, listen, I'm a season ticket holder. Are we selling our tickets? No, I'm going to go. Like, I'm, I'm yeah. not going to boycott it. I don't think that works. But I think about the Bulls, and I think about All Star Weekend last year when Zach Levine is doing that national interview, and the yes. crowd behind him on a national TV is chanting yep. "Fire Gar Packs." Don't think that didn't resonate. With everyone in that Bulls organization, it's like that was a turning point of like, oh, yeah. like we 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 knew people didn't like them or the, we hear the message boards, but it's not real. They're our friends. It's like, oh wait, these people went out of their way to go on national yeah. TV behind the best player we have to tell them, to tell everybody this team's garbage. Rights. Fire everybody. To where yeah. Zach Levine couldn't even go out and defend them, defend the yeah. staff. Like, he could defend the fans very easily. So it's like you're almost getting to that point where you need a moment of like of a reality check of, of of something that gets inside that Bears wall at Hallis Hall of like people are upset and frankly you should be upset because I know you don't care about me but you should yeah. care about the product you're 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 putting out there from a from from a reputation standpoint and if this is what you're going to show year after year you're, people are getting turned off yeah the Bears logo is cool, and you're, you're, you're a historic team, but you've been historically a bad team, and that's not yeah. something to be proud of anymore. Well, and I think you're very you're very right in a couple things. One, you're right. Season ticket holders like you, and and you know the the rest of just even just Bears, you know fans, you know whether whether you go to games or not, like we're not going anywhere. That's true. However, very good connection with eventually. If you tie it back like to that Bulls, you know, guard packs era that led to like the tipping of the iceberg there at All Star Weekend with Levine getting that national interview and the fans just you know screaming out for the firing of guard packs and get rid of everyone, I think Bears fans are finally reaching that point where they're going to be super pissed and there's going to be a whole lot of boos, constant booing. Um, I mean, you name it. There's going to be a lot of just because think about it. After 85, 86, like, yeah, there was a lot of suckage years, but then they were filled in with, like, these gaps of hope where, oh, it was the Jay Cutler era or even even before that, you know, when, yeah, you had Rex Grossman, you know, under center, but, like, you at least, like, you know, Jim made Miller. playoffs. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Like, you at least made a Super Bowl with Grossman, even though you, you kind of fucked it up in that game. But still, there was still, like, these little gaps of hope, and you gave it, like, time. Like, you know, Jay Cutler comes along, you give it time. Or you draft Mitch Trubisky, even though it's not looking so well after a year or two. Like, we were forced to give that a little bit of time. and But now the time is up, especially if what you bring in this time is Dalton. Like, the hopes run out. It's the same guy. Like, there, there's just too many, like, Mentos you're putting in the Coca-Cola bottle or the Sprite bottle right now. Oh, however that little experiment goes is... It's reached a point right now where like you can't even sell the hope anymore. There's there's no longer right. that Jake that Jake Cutler hope you could sell me or this or just Mitch Trubisky draft pick th- hope. They like, haven't made the playoffs two years in a row since oh five oh six and oh six oh seven. That's it. You can't even. You can't even yeah, that's well, it. Well, even even I'm making the Blake can't sell me on any of that crap. The eight and eight sneaking in, and it's funny like. <laughs> you go back to the double doink year, we're also way past that. Like, we are way, way past that. And I think the Bears fans have reached a line where 
they'll be there. I'll be there. You know, not necessarily at the games, but yeah, like as a fan, sure, I'm still here. But it is one very pissed off group, and they're not going to be any. You know, they're not going to get happy until. You know, it, it gets there. Does that hurt the beers in the pockets? No, not necessarily. I mean, they're still going to make plenty of money off off the fans and not even just fans, but TV contracts and shit like that. You name it. But still, eventually, there will hopefully be enough of like an outcry or you would hope turning point moment like you had at All-Star Weekend if you want to relate it to the Chicago Bulls and, and their, uh, you know, what happened there with the, with the whole televised interview and whatnot. But weird that's the that's the um optimistic dot you can have <laughs> that's the possible that's the positive spin on it is oh well eventually that we will get pissed off enough that they will possibly make a change so it took the bulls 20 years how long are you willing to wait i mean <laughs> i mean I, I, to, to tell <laughs> we're on that trajectory that I, aren't we it's well it's funny you ask I, i've told you this many a times you know via text and over the phone is that like I don't care. Like this, this team is just a shit show. Sure, I, I'm a Bears fan, like all the way to the end. I am, but sign, sign Dalton, I'll laugh. Like I don't care. Like it, I'm not getting pissed anymore. Like I will be, but at the same time, if you if you want to go one and fifteen this year, two and fourteen, I'll laugh at it. Go ahead, make fools of yourselves. Like go ahead and lose your asses off. Like I'll just laugh. At you. you can either laugh or cry. And I was saying this last uh, last season on on the, our earlier shows is I'll just laugh at you then. Like. This is all – the majority of this all is all self-inflicted. It, it just really is. From the top down, the majority of it is self-inflicted. You know, it sucks for the players who are worth a damn, but their teammates aren't, <laughs> mostly a quarterback. So you know, it sucks for guys like that, not literally throughout the entire organization, but for the most part, the guys calling the shots up to, you know, players on the field, which some of them, you know, particularly the quarterback spot, should be upgraded. Um it's whatever, self-inflicted. So I'll laugh if you want to not put a good enough team together and go one in fifteen. Whatever. I only have two options. <laughs> so we'll laugh at it. But laughing and apathy, I think, is more dangerous for the Bears than being angry. I think if people don't care, it has yeah. it speaks louder than people who get angry. I think I'm of the minority though. I think the majority will be like you and just really fired up and ticked off about but it. I, but, but I'm getting to that so. point. Are you like me? Really? We're because, just gonna laugh at it? Because this is interesting. It's because you look at it and you go, how can like how can I be angry or let alone even try to root for it when it's literally just silly? Right, they're insulting my intelligence and their make, so I'm going <laughs> to laugh at them for doing so. Yeah, I mean, I'm not fully there yet, but it's getting close to where it's just like, why waste my time getting angry? Yeah, it, it, it's weird, and you can try to figure out why and how they're doing it, and. You know, maybe the smallest of the smallest argument you have, like, as anybody in that Bears front office, particularly even Pace, is that you try really hard for Russell, you know, for Russell Wilson, but you just couldn't get him. But you did try. You know, it's almost like, uh, you know, White Sox fans are pissed off about the whole Manny Machado thing where, you know, they're, they're like, hey, we tried. We just couldn't get him. So, you know, it just reminds me of that where the Bears are like, oh, no, we, we tried for Wilson. Like, please, you know, Adam Schefter, like, put that out there. Like, we, we, we did put a hustle in for him and, you know, and. So you can say you try for X, Y, and Z, but at the end of the day, Dalton's what you – like, the worst part about it is if you did try in all these areas and failed, it's really hilarious to think that, wow, you got literally the only thing possible other than Mitch Trubisky, like what you already had. Because Mitch Trubisky, Andy Dalton, I don't know, flip a coin? <laughs> so it's weird that QB won it all – or. At least from what the social media is saying, I still think it could be foals, but 
literally like the best that you could get is literally like just all that was out there. The only thing that was out there, and that's not good enough. And that's probably why Ryan Pace shouldn't be, you know. But maybe maybe that's a sales pitch where, hey, hey George, you know, hey, hey Ted, you saw me go out there, and I was telling you all the conversations I was having with the folks up there in Seattle, and blah blah. blah and this is all we could get, but I'll get him. I will get Dalton, and give us a few more years, or this next year. There's this pick that we can get. There's this free agent, and who knows? Maybe the talk and you know the the schmoozing goes on and on, but. I can't see them being better than eight and eight, but a whole lot of time left before we get there. Yeah, I mean, it, I, lo- it, <laughs> I love how I have to like put a little regular season prediction at the end there already, <laughs> where I'm already like, because you just look at it, it's hard to even say this team will be five hundred. What just can you be excited about? I, I I don't know. How can you project anything better than five hundred? Right, I can't. I, I I can't. I mean, your Mount Rushmore quarterbacks is Glennon, Trubisky, Foles, and 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 now. Dalton is like, Jesus, I feel really bad for Allen Robinson. <laughs> He's yeah. got the short end of the stick with all of this. Yeah. But yeah, we'll have to see. Well, this wasn't supposed to be a bear season preview show or angry show, <laughs> but somehow that's where it always lands. Doesn't Dude, this is why we took so much time off. It's like, oh, we have to talk a line. I know. That broke our, oh, we have to talk the beers. But it was good we got it out. Now, hopefully, hopefully, especially with baseball around the corner, hopefully a string of positive shows starting. On the next show, which, like I said, we'll do the hoarder edition of the Believe Good. in Chicago Podcast. <laughs> there you go. All right, so that's going to do it for us today on Believe in Chicago Sports Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Believe in Chicago, part of the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. You can follow me on Twitter at Joey Gellman. He is on Twitter at Tweet Dan Collins. We look forward to talking to you next time. I think we're going to stick to this uh, Thursday schedule. Yeah, once a week until maybe football season comes back we'll bump it up again but thank you for your patience and hanging out with us again today on the, on, on the show and we're excited to talk to you next week and you can find out what Dan and I are hoarding in our sports memorabilia closets until next time we'll talk to you soon Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.